The Water Coolest daily financial newsletter is now powered by Barstool Sports. It's the only newsletter that I read every morning to stay informed on what the hell is going on in the markets. You can check it out at barstool.link slash watercoolest. That's barstool.link slash watercoolest, W-A-T-E-R-C-O-O-L-E-S-T. Tea with Publicity, I am your host, Alyssa Amoroso. And it is another glorious Tuesday. Well, for me, it's Monday, but pretty soon it will be Tuesday and it is time to spill some tea. I'm going to do a shorter life update this week because there's not much to update. And I want to focus on the upfront of the episode, um, talking about my career journey, how I got started, where I am now, how I got my job at Barstool, because I have a lot of questions and a lot of the OGs that have been following me forever know some of this, but a lot, a lot, a lot of you are new and a lot of you have a lot of questions, how I got to Barstool, who I am and all of that. So Mackenzie's here with me. Hi. Hey. And she is going to ask me some of the questions that you guys wrote in. Um, and then we will jump into my interview with Fran from my office, who's a coworker, and talk a little bit about her career journey because I find it to be absolutely fascinating and I'm really excited to learn more. So I want to jump straight into what I've been up to. So I was away this weekend and it's been a while since I've like taken a trip or done anything. Obviously it's been like probably about a year since I've traveled and it was just really nice. Obviously still did like outdoor dinner stuff like that Um, but it was just nice to get away a little bit and you know see a little bit of different scenery I'm getting a little sick of New York at this point um I don't have many takeaways other than the fact that I just had so many laughs which just like my soul needed um but the one thing that I did want to share with you guys which is funny and it kind of does tie into career is that there's something I noticed and it's as you get older you could afford more expensive alcohol so like I only exclusively drink bougie shit now because like I'm 30 right and I put in the freaking you work. deserve it at this point I yeah. deserve it like I've drank the Burnett's and the pop-off oh, the, Bacardi, Bacardi Svetka. Yeah, I've done it all so now I'm straight Casamigos Blanco or Casamigos Rum Posada and Vuv when I'm drinking champagne and nice ass brands. And me and my friends were saying this weekend, like we went to really nice bougie dinners and we spent a shit ton of money on alcohol and we all felt glorious <laughs> the next day. Yeah. A little hungover just from being tired, but right. like no not sick. Not from the alcohol. Not alcohol sick yeah. at all. And I was like, this is one of those things where you get older and all of a sudden you're like, wow, I could afford more expensive alcohol and it actually doesn't make me throw up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice. It <laughs> it's is refreshing. So nice. It is so, so nice. So that is the one thing um, about growing up that I really tend to enjoy. And um, like I said, as you make more money, you start spending more money on alcohol. So that kind of gets me to my career journey because honestly, I wasn't always able to afford Casamigos. I, you know, really had to put in the work. So we will get into my career questions. Um, You guys sent them in. And what I kind of like about this is normally when I talk about my career, I start from like, this was my first internship to current day. And these were more just like pointed, direct questions, not so much like my resume. So I feel like we can kind of just chat and I can give you guys some advice. And I'm going to have Mackenzie ask them to me. And I tried my best to put what you guys wrote in in some kind of chronological order so it doesn't feel totally like I'm jumping around um so Mackenzie wanna wanna ask me my listener questions yes of course so the first one is what did you major in in college and what did you do right after you graduated so I majored in media studies and communications with a minor in fashion marketing. Mm-hmm. So I, it's funny because I applied to college just being like, oh, media studies sounds fine. Yeah. I knew I wanted to do something creative. At first I thought maybe I wanted to be like a graphic designer, but mm-hmm. I don't really know why I chose media studies and communication. I think I just thought it was a good umbrella, like overarching umbrella yeah. for like a lot of different opportunities. Exactly. And I like am such a slacker 
yeah. back then with school oh, yeah. that like I didn't want to go into business because I didn't want to work hard. Right. Yeah. So I, you know, that's like the thing that everyone does. Like they pick business because it could apply to anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I did media studies and actually it was, that was one of the things that I kind of just blindly chose that actually wound up really being smart because it's exactly what I wanted to do. Yeah. So within the media studies and communications major, I took a lot of film editing, um, public relations, media classes, and um, that's kind of what taught me how to start like editing video and mm-hmm. audio. Yeah. It gave me the tools. I wasn't like concentrated in that, but it at mm-hmm. least helped me later in life yeah and I feel like a lot of those things overlap so it's good to know it no matter what no matter what you're doing like it's good to know video editing in this industry even if you're the talent or a PR person or whatever exactly like I didn't even realize those were skills I was going to need right yeah but I liked my major because it was super creative like my friends would be studying writing essays and doing written exams and my projects would be like powerpoints yeah (laughs) Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like editing to get like I would have to go like film the basketball team and then like slice it together. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yep, know, because yep. you you probably did very similar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was like the same same exact thing. Even now, both my roommates like one is in marketing and the other one's in finance. And like when we work from home, it's like I'm editing just the most yeah. random videos for Barstool, and they're on their little Excel sheets like doing more real work. My friends used to laugh at me. They were like, "You are a joke," because my work was just so much easier, but in a different. Yeah way because if it's not your skill set that's not easy to you right it's like creative mind exactly yeah so then my minor fashion marketing was because I used to think I wanted to go into fashion but I'm actually really thankful that I did fashion marketing because I got the business classes under that minor Mm -hmm. so I took like intro to marketing and business 101 and all of those things and I actually feel like I did take away a lot from that being my minor the merchandising classes about like textiles and stuff I took absolutely nothing away from because again I'm, I like don't really pay attention in class <laughs> I'm just going to be transparent yeah I do the bare minimum to get by when it comes to school mm-hmm. because I'm much more of like a hands-on person like I took art classes and I loved those yeah. and I liked the video editing I'm more I'm just more better suited for those types of classes so that is what I majored in and then what I did right when I graduated college was get a job in PR I graduated on a Friday I started work the following Monday I know it was really insane I always have put a lot of pressure on myself with work and I was one of those people that I want I knew at this point because I had about eight internships in college was just crazy yeah I knew at this point that I wanted to go into PR and or fashion fashion PR whatever it is and Mm -hmm. I knew that unlike finance where you get a job six months before you graduate college you're guaranteed a job yeah I knew I needed experience under my belt if I wanted to get a job yeah um and it just it just so turned out that a position was open I applied I got it. It was an assistant role, um, a lifestyle assistant role. So I worked mostly on hospitality clients, like restaurants, mm-hmm. and then events. Yeah. So it was very like celeb and press heavy. The next question is, what was your first job and salary after college? So I guess I kind of just described what the job was. Um, it was a joke. I made $28,000. It was absolutely disgusting and yeah. despicable because I was working um, – Was it in New York City? Yeah, I was in New York. I was working probably 12-hour days. I was getting paid way too low. Um, When I graduated, I feel like it was a few years after the recession, so people were naturally making a little bit less, but $28,000 was really unheard of, especially in New York City. The minimum usually for entry level is at least $30,000, $35,000. They were completely taking advantage of me, and I let them because I was kind of at that point in my life where – a lot of my friends didn't have jobs right away. It mm-hmm. took them about six months to a year to get a job. Yeah. So I was like, at least I'm not making a lot, but I could put in the work. Right. And then in six months or a year, when they're starting their first job, I'll be moving on to my second. Right. And you already have all that experience, too, under your belt. Exactly. Yeah. So um, I wouldn't suggest taking a salary that's so, so low. Um But at the time, I was fortunate enough that I had the support of my parents. They weren't by any means funding my lifestyle, but they were helping me um, a tad, which, which, again, super fortunate for. Yeah, definitely. And then how much influence can having inside connections benefit you? 
I think it could benefit people a lot. I personally never really had inside connections. I don't think you need inside connections to be successful. Do they help? Absolutely. But I, um, my first job that I got, I just applied because I saw the job posting. It turned out I did actually know someone that worked there, but I didn't realize that until after I had already gotten the interview. So that was just kind of a weird coincidence. My second job, same thing, got myself. Um, my third, my fourth, I had four PR jobs, guys. Um, all of those I got on my own. My fourth job, which was my final PR job before I decided to quit to become an influencer full time, I had just been consistently emailing them for like three years before I actually got the job. And that was completely just me keeping in touch with HR, me following yeah. up, and absolutely no outside influence. Um, so I think. Does it help? Yes. Do you need it? No. You need persistence. Mm -hmm. You need drive, work ethic, and you need to be kind and stay on top of people and perseverance. Mm -hmm. And then obviously you were saying your first job wasn't as much as you would have wanted probably. Um, But when did you feel financially confident enough to become an influencer full time? So when I was at that fourth PR job, I um, was nearing 100,000 followers on Instagram. And at that point in time, I was finally making enough money. I remember I had a $10,000 partnership and I was so excited. That was the most money I'd ever made on an influencer campaign. And I was like, okay, I'm going to save this plus like the 10K that I already have saved. And I will quit my job with $20,000 in my savings Mm -hmm. and Um, I was able to save my influencer money because I had a full-time salary from working in PR since I was an influencer for two and a half years while I was also working in PR. Mm -hmm. Um, And guys, I'm not just talking about like money and numbers to be like, oh, I made $10,000. I'm talking about it because I think it's really helpful for people to conceptualize. And I don't think enough women talk about money. Yeah, Um, definitely. So that's why I'm saying this. And also like, I really don't think having $20,000 saved to go out and do this on my own is even a lot of people would want more money, but Mm -hmm. I'm a risk taker. And for me, it was such a big accomplishment to even have saved that money because I was always, I started out making, that was my salary. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I started out, yeah, three, four years prior making that much. And now I saved a lot because I was able to save my influencer money. um, And I didn't save all of my influencer money. I spent a lot of it, which now looking back, I should have saved all of it. Um, But you live and you learn. And I quit my job um, when I reached 100,000 followers, had $20,000 in my bank account as a cushion. And Mm -hmm. then I was scrappy as hell for (laughs) the the next two years making really poor financial decisions honestly not realizing that um you know when you're a freelancer independent contractor you're not getting taxes taken out so you need to save 20 to 30 percent of every single paycheck and I was saving some but then I was spending a lot because I was making a lot and then when it came time to pay taxes I owed and I dug into that savings number so deeply that Mm -hmm. I was in a place where I was like I might need to go back to work. Yeah. I really screwed myself over. Mm -hmm. And it was like a really big learning moment for me that I shouldn't be buying $2,000 YSL bags when I owe taxes. (laughs) Yeah. So learn from my mistakes, guys. Um, I always felt financially confident because I knew that worst case scenario, my parents lived 30 minutes away from the city. And if I had to move home, I could. Right. And it's not that they were financially helping me at all at this point, but I knew I had a roof over my head. Should I need to break my lease or whatever? Just in case. Um, So I always had that backup, but a lot of people don't, and especially if you're moving to New York and you don't, your parents don't live 30 minutes away. Right, exactly. Yeah. So um, just make sure you save a lot of money and take into account things like taxes and medical bills and things that pop up because when you are an independent contractor, you're also paying your own insurance out of pocket, which was $600 a month. Right, yeah. Like, it's just so freaking There's so much to think about. Yeah. And then- when you made that transition to be an influencer, when did you know that this was kind of like your time to change into that career? I never shy away from change. And um, that's with anything. And sometimes it actually kind of scares me about myself because I am like, am I going to get sick of my husband? <laughs> am I going to get sick of the town that I live in? Right. Yeah. Because I like change so much. Mm-hmm. Um, it does scare me. I think I'm never 
like happy with reaching the next step, which freaks me out a little bit. I think I made change so much. I had four PR jobs in five years. I became an influencer. I launched a podcast. I started selling my own merch. I quit my job in PR, did the influencer thing full time, then pitched Barstool, then came here. Like I've done so much. And Mm -hmm. I think you don't, the question is, when did you know it was time for change? I always think it's time for change. So like Mm -hmm. I'm kind of a bad person to ask because I am like an opportunity seeker. Like always wanting something new. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I always want to reinvent the wheel. Like I am innately a marketer. I can't even explain it. Like I pitched myself to get into college. Like I, (laughs) before I was a publicist, I was a publicist. Like I am so innately this person Mm -hmm. that I almost don't know different um in regards to making like career transitions my advice is always to go for it like this is kind of heavy-handed but I sometimes lose respect when people are miserable in their job and it's been 10 years and they've done nothing to switch it it's like what are you scared of it's a freaking job so you get another one yeah I don't understand figure it out we've won life Mm -hmm. like switch jobs what's the problem so I don't know. I'm kind of bad to ask that question too because I'm just like, change? I love it. Yeah, yeah. You always want to change. Uh huh. Um, and then this one is like not career related, sort of. I don't know. But it says, can you touch on overcoming imposter syndrome? Yeah. So, imposter syndrome is when you kind of feel like you don't recognize like the success or like who you are in your role. So, like, I definitely deal with this a lot. Like, I wanted this job so bad. I'm like, Barstool's so amazing. It's so cool. It'd be so great. And now that I have it, I feel like, who, me? Like, it's kind I, of... I feel that way, too. And I'm just yeah. like an editor or producer. It's it's a weird thing, imposter syndrome, or you're out and someone recognizes you and you're like, you listen to me? Right. And it's not being humble. It's like a genuine confusion. Mm-hmm. Someone messaged me actually yesterday saying this amazing kind generous thing being like you are doing something that no other podcast is doing and blah 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 like just singing my praises being so kind and I just wrote back and I was like thank you so much like sometimes I feel like no one's listening yeah and it's I know that people are and I see the numbers but you feel like you're just talking into a mic to yourself Mm -hmm. and like you can't conceptualize the fact that you you own like you have this opportunity yeah so for overcoming it I think it's just being grateful and reminding yourself like like I sometimes have to give myself a pep talk and my mom gave it to me recently Mm -hmm. where she was like I was like being insecure about something and she was like you did this you pitched it you got the job like Mm -hmm. she's like be proud of yourself and sometimes you have to remind yourself like oh wow I have a cool job yeah (laughs) you know yeah right I know I think it's too like knowing the people around you if there are people in your life that are reminding you of that like those are good people to have because they know your worth and they know your success and like sometimes you have to be reminded of that that's so true so it's like good to have those people like yeah my mom says that to me all the time too um and then pivoting back to working for yourself and on your own brand to partnering with a network like how did you kind of start that so I never thought I'd work for someone else a day in my life. I absolutely love being an entrepreneur, um, although it comes with a lot of stress. I'd say the two to three years that I was an entrepreneur were like <laughs> the best but the worst of my life. Yeah. Like put on weight, stopped dating, became crazy. Like I don't know, I so much anxiety. It was really challenging. But at the same time, I love working for myself. Mm-hmm. Um So I never really thought I would work for a network, but I, again, am an opportunity seeker and I always had wanted to pitch Barstool because I really um, liked the network that they created and Mm -hmm. they have a reputation. Obviously, I think a lot of that is false, Um, but basically what happened for me was I was listening to Call Her Daddy. I was listening to Chicks in the Office. I was listening to Token CEO, a lot of the female podcasts on the network. Mm -hmm. And I loved them. I'm fans of all of them. And I was like, I don't, these girls I love listening to and I respect them, but they don't look like me or Mm -hmm. they don't do the same things I do because it could just be an age thing even. Like they're younger than me. Mm -hmm. They're older than me. Like it could be something so small. Yeah. 
and or they have boyfriends and right. I'm single yeah. you know something like a little like that mm-hmm. and I was like you know what they don't really have like everyone's kind of in relationships I was like there's no one that's like single 30s relatable just like talking about shit that women go through mm-hmm. so I knew that there was a unique opportunity for me to work with Barstool and I think this kind of now I'm kind of getting into some of the other questions where um, I see on my list that they asked me how I pitched Barstool so I'll just kind of combine the two Mm -hmm. but I think for me it was easy to pivot because it was something that I was passionate about Mm -hmm. and I was feeling not as inspired with my old podcast Um, My old podcast was mainly just about pop culture and I was starting to feel, I think when the pandemic hit, like I was just what sitting talking about vapid celebrity stuff. Yeah. I was like, this has no purpose. These aren't the conversations I'm having with my friends. Mm -hmm. What I'm talking to my friends about is journaling and meditating and manifesting and losing weight and boyfriends and girlfriends and body image and all of these things. And I um, felt like there was a place for it on the network, mm-hmm. and I reached out um, via DM to Dave. I pitched him, and it was strategic, like I do with anything in life. It was um, short, sweet. I called out a flaw in his business. I said, you have an opportunity. I think I could help you reach it. He, he wrote back. He said, great intro. Let's meet. Next week, I'm in the office meeting with him and Erica. Um, I actually have the footage because I vlogged this entire experience and I never posted it. Mm -hmm. So in my vlog that's going to go live this week, Mm -hmm. I actually have all the behind the scenes of me coming in for my interviews and stuff, Mm -hmm. which will be cool. Um, And then two months later, my contract was signed and then I started... I started at Barstool, so it just, it's crazy. Um, It doesn't really feel like I'm not working for myself because I'm still, I'm basically employed by Barstool, but I'm operating still as an entrepreneur. Like I have full creative control over my show, full creative over my merch, uh, full creative over my vlogs, anything that I put out, like it's me, just me. I don't feel that loss. If someone was trying to control my brand, then I would feel very differently and I probably wouldn't agree to that. Right. Yeah, of course. Um, and then since working at here, has it been different than you actually thought it would be? Or what kind of did you think like the vibe would be like when you started? I don't really know what I thought it would be like. I f- feel as though it's similar um, to what I thought in terms of like the recording and the resources. Mm-hmm. And I had a feeling it would be like that. I didn't know what it would be like going back into an office, which was interesting for me, but it's like riding a bike. It's yeah. like I've been in an office before and I'm just back in it. Right, and right. I like that no one's checking in on me and I have a lot of creative control and mm-hmm. no one's like, you're not at your desk. Like, yeah, exactly. You know, I could do what I want when I want. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. It's funny. I think the office is more like bro than I thought in terms of just like the aesthetic yeah like the way it looks yeah yeah like there's like armchair couches and it's like a free-for-all yeah there's like piles of clothes and everywhere yeah it looks like a boy's room yes exactly like i don't like that part messy yeah it's like kind of similar to what i thought i I kind of went into it with no expectations Mm mm-hmm I'm at this point in my life where I'm kind of just like rolling with it. Like if I'm here for 10 years, I'm here for 10 years. Right. If I'm here for 10 weeks, I'm here. Like I'm just trying to be like, this is the opportunity. I'm grateful Mm -hmm. and I'm going to work my ass off to make the podcast successful. And I'm just trying not to have like expectations in a way. Mm -hmm. So it's not like brought down almost. Yeah. So I'm just realistic about what I'm doing here because they did take a risk bringing me on the network that mostly is men. Yeah. So it's like, are people going to resonate with it? Are Mm -hmm. they not? So I'm just like, I'm just doing a different thing, trying to pave my own path. And I'm just happy to be here. Right. And like make it your own. Um, So going kind of towards the podcast, the show, um, what was your creative and planning process for the pre and post like launch of your show when it first started? So I put a lot of thought into the show, the segments, what I wanted it to sound like, who I wanted um, to come on the show. And I think what I landed on was I I'm solely responsible for coming up with the segments. So 
the intro, the interview, the spill the tea, the ask Alyssa, like that's all me. I, um, even the name, my old podcast was the publicity podcast. Um, I always had spill the tea with publicity. That was always kind of my thing, publicity, but I wanted to change the name. So I made it tea with publicity, Mm -hmm. which I think has a really nice ring to it. I, um, really thought through these things and I thought about the podcasts that I like listening to and what I like listening to is women that I find are going through similar life stages as, as me and I like that they're honest and I like that they're vulnerable and um, I like interesting conversations and that's what I'm trying to bring to the table so my process was just really thinking long and hard about it's weird like I made myself the consumer yeah and I'm like what do I well, like I, yeah especially because your audience is probably similar to you anyway exactly so the perfect kind of like comparison yeah and I just wanted to be myself I said yeah. that going into this whole thing I was like I'm going to be myself mm-hmm. I said that when I went into my interview with Erica and Dave like I was like I'm gonna be myself and if they don't like me then it's not meant to be because right. I can't be as someone I'm not right. and um in terms of pre-launch I was really eager to announce that I was working here and um that was more so just like an announcement photo on Instagram to announce the partnership and um I did vlog like I said my process which will be coming out this week so stay tuned for that and make sure you're subscribed to my YouTube if you're not and then for post-launch I mean it's just utilizing TikTok Instagram Twitter, every single marketing tool that I have available, putting out video clips, having my guests promote it. Um, I've gotten offered to have some really, really, really big guests on with millions of followers and I've declined them. It's For me, it's about having people on that I think have a point of view and something to say versus having someone on with a really, really big following that's going to bore you guys to death. So I'm just trying to have on people that I think are cool and mm-hmm. hope that you think that they're cool. And if they give me some new listeners that way, great. If not, I'm out here hustling on my own, just trying to get by. So thank you guys for everyone that's recommended the podcast to a friend, to a family member. It really helps um, all the ratings, all the reviews. I read my DMs. Like, I'm just so grateful for you guys. Okay, so that was the last question, but I did just want to remind you guys that it is. I just wanted to remind you guys that it is March. The greatest time of the year has begun. It is March Madness here at the office, and we are basically betting on Bitcoin. I unfortunately am already out of the running, so I'm about sixty thousand dollars less. No, well, I guess I never had the money to begin with, but I had the opportunity to win. Yeah. Yeah. No, just slipped through my fingers. (laughs) So while you're watching the games this month, keep the positive vibes going with every hoodie and tee. Go to store.barstoolsports.com to shop all the various settings to help you stay calm, think sharp, and don't panic. And while you're there, check out my merch. So it is store.barstoolsports.com to get your merch. Hey guys, I am here with Fran Mariano. Hey Fran. Hi. Welcome to the pod. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Ready to spill some tea? (laughs) I am. I'm excited. I feel like I haven't even had a chance to like talk to you much in the office so I'm excited to get to know you yeah more on the pod I know well I feel like with your desk switch situation now like your back is to us I'm right? really so, removed like, yes so sometimes it's harder because when you turn around and you look to like talk to someone quickly I know when you're that far away it's like it's could it's, be in a different room. I know. It's nice because I've gotten to know Casey really well. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. aside from her, there's like I'm just surrounded by men. Yep. Which yep. you know, you know how it goes. Welcome. Yeah. I know. <laughs> so I started the episode off by talking a little bit about my like career journey and mm-hmm. how I got like landed at Barstool. Mm-hmm. And I find that people are so interested buy it and you're one of like the first women to work here so I want to hear a little bit about your experience with school and then like making the transition to bar school yeah because I find it fascinating yeah so um mine's mine's a little funky I started working here in like February of 2017 um I started as an intern was working for Smitty 
Oh, that's funny. Um, yeah, I'm a Philly sports gal, so I followed Smitty and all of his stuff. So um, I ended up working for Smitty, and they were doing, like, a morning show at the time. It was called Drive Time. It was him, Riggs. Like, we, so we kind of – I meshed with that group and started kind of doing stuff with, with them, which was a lot of fun. Uh, but I was in school um, at Marymount Manhattan, which is in the city on the Upper East Side. It was the second school I was at. I started – I started college at Georgetown. Uh, I was there for two years, left, took some time away from school. Um, was that w- It was more of a, I'm really doing so terribly in school and my <laughs> mental health is absolutely atrocious. And like, I was, I was like depressed my freshman year Wait, of college. Why? Okay. Because I talk about not being a good student. Yeah. And I think. No, it was like, it was like, you can't stay here, bad student. Like, <laughs> so like, I'm just curious, why were you such a bad student? And were you always a bad student? No. No. I mean, I, I went, I got into Georgetown. Yeah, Georgetown like I was, yeah, I, I was certainly, I was a really good student. Um, but it wasn't even more, it was less about the school and more about like m- m- the problems I was going through where personally. you were yes. yes, in your life. Yeah. Um, adjusting to college was really hard for me. Um, I, I'm, I, all my best friends now are from Georgetown. However, like my first year I really struggled. I had a roommate that, you know, I didn't really like, mm-hmm. and she was always gone and I was always alone. And, um, I totally fell into the, wow, everybody else on social media looks like they're having the best time ever. All my friends love college so much. Why don't I love it here as much as everybody else does? Um, And in my brain, like, I always wanted to do something in media, broadcast journalism, something in that that world. Uh, Growing up, I wanted to be like Aaron Andrews. I still do. But that's, like, (laughs) that's that was – I was like, no, that's the job I want. So knowing that – I applied to tons of broadcast journalism schools around the, across the country, t- like all the, you know, Syracuse, Penn State, all of those schools. But um, I just, I come from a long line of <laughs> Georgetown alumni. Mm. My parents met there. My grandpa went there. My aunts. Like, oh, it's, wow. I'm the first grandkid. So when I got in, it was like, what are you, you're not going to go? Like, so yeah, you, it's a pressure. Yes. And it was funny because I was so adamant about like, well, I'm, I don't know. I might not go. I might not go. I don't know. And then when the time came, I was like, well, no, I'm I'm obviously going to go. So, um, there was that aspect. And then kind of just like the pressures of like how I was such a good student. Everyone always expected me to do well. Why am I not doing well now? And then instead of being able to ask for help, I spiraled. I was like, I can't get myself out of this. Um, And then it reached the point where I was like, you know, my my family, we sat down. We were like, this is not a this is not the right place for you. You got to come home. So I went home. Um, I stayed home for a couple of years. I took a bunch of classes like around the New Jersey area to see what I potentially would want into college. Because then I was like, I don't even really know what I want. So took some classes at Rutgers, Seton Hall. Like, I bounced around. I have a question about that period. Because I I totally get what you're saying, where you're, like, looking on social media and everyone's, like, at pep rallies and, like, enjoying their time. And you're like, wow, I'm not having as much fun as these people. I think I even had a hard time freshman year, first semester. Same thing, difficult roommate situation. Kind of was like, do I transfer? Do I not? But did it make you feel – I'm curious because I feel like then moving home, Mm -hmm. I would almost feel even more jealous that my friends then were doing these things. Yeah, it was awful. Oh, my – so it was hard – even – it's hard because you move home and then you're like, well, now I'm the failure who moved home. And you're like, is everyone judging me? Is everyone behind closed doors being like, "Mm, did you hear that she left Mm. school? You know? Yeah, like she didn't do well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, we're from, like, kind of similar areas in in New Jersey and people talk and that's like – uh, what so 100% I had all those problems and all those anxiety issues uh, I went to therapy while I was home like the entire time I found a great therapist who I loved and um I went to her once a week like when I was when I was home and I, it also kind of got to the point where it was like you just don't really have a choice like you kind of have to go mm-hmm. home this is this is clearly not working yeah. and I know it's going to suck that you need to go home but hopefully in the long run it's the best thing for you um, I then ultimately decided I wanted to be in Manhattan. I was like, well, now I'm at the age, like, 
my friends are graduating moving into <laughs> the you know city, yeah like I'll finish I would love to finish school in Manhattan and try and get internships around the city I, feel, I was like I feel like that'll hopefully give me a little bit of a catch-up time in the employment world yes so yeah. I was like okay maybe I'll get some job experience I'll finish school it is what it is then you know February 2017 I'm, I'm still in school that's when I started here interning so how did you get the internship here uh Smitty posted on Twitter <laughs> that he was looking for an intern in Manhattan uh I it's really funny now because it's just I feel bad like <laughs> th- I the job fell into my lap, and it was like there was not really any competition for it. It was yeah. right when Barcel moved to, to New York. Now, when kids are like, how do I get an internship? How do I do this? I'm like, I wish I could help. Like, I wish biggest. I had better advice. Like, because it's so hard now. When I did it, like, Smitty was like, great. I, he said I was one of the only <laughs> people who actually sent him, like, a real email with the resume instead of, like, an email being like, hey, fuck you, Smitty, hire me. Like, so... <laughs> so he he emailed me back and was like, come in at 9 a.m., when, whatever day it was. We'll do drive time. You can sit and watch us, and then we'll talk. He said that he had told, like, three other kids the same thing, like, hey, come at 9 a.m., whatever. No one else showed up at 9 a.m. except for me. <laughs> what? That's wild yeah, to me. So, like, I walked in. I was, like, the only one. I sat with Smitty. We talked. We chatted. And he was like, great, you're hired. <laughs> and I started literally that day. I didn't go home. That was, like, my first day and. And that was it. That's yeah. okay. I love it because, well, first of all, how many DMs do you get people being like, how do I work at Barstool? Could I be your intern? Could I be your personal assistant? Yeah. Because I have been getting them yeah, like no, crazy. We, yeah. we get it a lot. And we've always gotten a lot of girls that have wanted to um, intern for Chicks in the Office. Yeah. And it's hard for us because we early on, Rhea and I were told like green light, you guys can hire an intern. We said, okay, great. We kind of did the process ourselves, and in reality, if we were hiring an intern, the intern's really working for Noah. Like, it's not, you know, Noah's yeah, our producer. Yeah. Noah's the one that needs all the help, really. It's mm-hmm. less on us and more on him. But Rhea and I kind of, like, took over the process, and the first girl we hired, it was a disaster. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. a disaster. She was here for, like, three <laughs> days, and we had to be like, we're so sorry. Like, this isn't going to work. Like, we gave her <laughs> access to, to the accounts, and she was, you know – enhancing her own brand brand while Ooh. using chicks in the office like behind the scenes like just, and and we were no. we were floored like we took her to a couple interviews and, and obviously this is not pandemic time so like everyone's a person and we're like oh can you like take a story or whatever she's like filming herself to like put on oh, the story no. and like, this <laughs> actually gives me cringe we were like oh my and Rhea and i sat down we were like what do we do what do we do? Yeah, this isn't like, going to work. Yeah, we had to get Erica involved. Like, we had to be like, this is going to be a problem. Um, so now <laughs> Noah really handles that. Anytime. It's funny because girls do ask us all the time. We're like, look, yeah. any intern that we hire really is working for Noah. So we kind of tell Noah that, like, he can hire who he wants yeah. and go through that process. Um, and we've found some great girls that are, you know, here now that have, that Noah has found. <laughs> so if now when I see it, I'm like, you know what? Mm, not I, for I, me. I, I don't, I don't have that job. That's not my job description. Well, I always say to people, I'm like, I'm not the hiring manager. Yeah, like, yeah. I can't just yeah. hire an assistant. Like, well, who do you so think I hard. am? Right. It's so hard because <laughs> people are used to in, in early Barstool times where no joke in our old office, kids would show up like every week, just going up the elevator opening the door and being like dave give me a job like not like they would find out the address they'd walk in wow. try and, and try and get a job we didn't have hr we didn't have anything like i <laughs> we have a couple um you know there's always i always get asked more about the business mm. side openings like because they're you know they're listed on linkedin yeah. and, and it, they look like they're real life positions and they're good jobs and I have friends in the city who be like, oh, I have a blank friend applying for the marketing, yeah. whatever they do upstairs, <laughs> sales job. You have no idea what they do upstairs. Sales, sales job. And I'm like, yeah, I don't really know who's even hiring for that. And then I found out that that all goes through HR now. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, that's, that we didn't used to have that. <laughs> like, so now, you know, that's that's their job. I'm like, see – but it's nice because I'm like, now we're getting feeling a little more professional. When someone says it to me, uh-huh. I'm like, oh, I will forward your email to, to HR. my people. Like, <laughs> I, before I used to be like, I don't know who I even send this to. It's funny. I'm like, I'm moving right now. And so, you know, proof of employment and <laughs> here, what's your supervisor's phone number? And I'm like, 
Who's it, my supervisor? It's yeah. Dave, technically, <laughs> yeah. but I'm not giving you Dave's phone number to be like, hi, Dave Portnoy. Like, I know. Do you think Francesca Mariano is equipped to live in this building? Like, no. <laughs> I will literally yeah. label someone else my supervisor. He's for, technically my boss, yes. too. And I'm like. Yeah, he's technically all of our bosses in but content. Like, direct but, report. Yes, you know what I mean? Yes. Which, Right, which he is, is funny. technically all of our like direct report would be to Dave. <laughs> yeah, and so when these are the moments when you know you're filling out some kind of application or whatever, even whatever it is, and they're like name of employer, and it's just like <laughs> I'm not writing Dave Portnoy. <laughs> yeah, like you're not calling him. Yeah, please. yeah. I'm like I, I, I'm not putting his phone number down well, on this piece of paper. <laughs> even when I was like a. I was just almost going to say, even when I was applying for the job, I did not apply for a job. Yeah. But when I was talking to them about working here, yeah. my direct contact was Dave because yeah. he's the one I pitched. And then he was the one I was emailing. And then he put me in touch with Erica, who's the CEO, for those of you that don't know. So I was just talking to like the head honchos the whole time throughout yeah. the process. So I'm like, I, I don't even... Right, you didn't, even ha- you didn't have to climb the ladder to even get to I was Dave. directly yeah. in it. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't... When people would be like, oh, well, who are you working people here when I started were yeah. like well who are you working with who did you get the job with I was like Dave, Dave? Yeah. <laughs> like I don't know I know I know well it's funny because in content is so it's very different because people can get noticed on social media and yeah. then it goes up the chain like Gaz always ha- ha- is looking at people yeah. and sending people or seeing people and showing them to Erica or Dave and bringing them in you know so there's so many different routes when it comes to getting involved in the in the content side. If you already have a podcast and you pitch your podcast you already have and um, things like that. But, no, Rhea and I were very lucky, like I said, that we came in when we did because it was so early on mm-hmm. that it was a lot easier <laughs> to yeah, it's just uh, different. establish ourselves here. Yeah, Sometimes yeah. it's – but, like, not – and that's not to discredit, though, the fact that you were, like, applying and you showed up and you yeah. – like those things matter yeah. and that's kind of what I was talking about in the earlier p- portion of the podcast because someone asked me like do connections help and I'm mm. like they do but you help yourself like yeah. you make the connection you follow someone on Twitter you see that they post something you have if you're not a self-starter yeah. it doesn't matter what connection you have you're not going to get the job so you'll laugh at this because I'm sure you've either either heard or been there or whatever the fall, I guess, no, I guess it was actually only like a little, maybe a couple of weeks beforehand, before I applied, was like January-ish, so football season, and me and me and my friends would go to Sidebar on oh, yeah. Sunday and watch all the games, and one weekend, Smitty and Nate were there, <laughs> and I l- knew who they yeah. were, followed them, like went up, introduced myself, was like, love you guys, love what you do, like whatever. And so when the Smitty's tweet came out, like I'm looking for an intern, I was like in my email, P.S. Like I met you guys at Sidebar last like came two up weeks and ago. Said hi. Like if you don't remember, like I said hi, I said I love the Eagles, like whatever. And then it was funny because then after I was hired, when Nate was in the office, Nate was like, you get here? Good to see you. <laughs> It was like, yeah, I mean, so you just got a job from going to Sidebar. I was like, yeah, I did. Pretty impressive. That's <laughs> yeah. really funny. Yeah. yeah. I love when you recognize someone in an environment where you're like, um. I actually had a really weird thing like that where I was at an influencer event. And this girl had, like, cool shoes on. And I was like, oh, I like your shoes. We start talking a little yeah. bit. The next day I started a new PR job. And I'm in the new hire orientation. And it's me and her. Oh. And I was like. You're the girl from yeah, Wednesday with good shoes. <laughs> I was like, what? Like sometimes that yeah. stuff blows your mind because I had n- no idea who this girl was. And now we're sitting together. It was just yep. so weird. Okay. Yep. Um, another question for you that I think is interesting is what's it like being a woman in sports? Because you have Chicks in the Office, mm-hmm. which is super heavy on pop culture. But yep. then you also have your podcast with Casey mm-hmm. that focuses on football, the dime football. package, right? Yep. I don't yep. even know because I don't listen to sports. Nope. <laughs> totally fine. Um, this was, so like I said before, right? My dream as a kid was like, I want to be Aaron Andrews. And now, and when Aaron Andrews, (laughs) when Aaron Andrews started hosting, um, Dancing with the Stars, I was like, could she be any more perfect? (laughs) She's so dynamic. That's all I wanted to do. Host Dancing with the Stars and also be like on the sidelines of the games on Sunday. So, um, I've always wanted to be in the sports world. Football has been such a massive part of my life. 
and my family's life. Like I wrote my college essay on being an Eagles fan and like mm-hmm. how that shapes my relationship with my dad and, wow. and all these things. So I've have always been really passionate about football and, um, that path never really was there for me when I came here. It was like Rhea and I connected so well and it was like, this is perfect. And I've, also love pop culture obsessed so I was mm-hmm. like this is great like I will do this I'll try and see like what sports stuff I can do chicks in the office blew up so it was like that's totally the main yeah. focus um Casey had started working here and I think we both had like a let's not jump on each other kind of situation mm. like she was establishing her own thing college yeah. football doing everything with Brandon like doing some really cool stuff and you know hosting the, these live shows and doing all these awesome things um and then the beginning of this summer or the end of this summer because really it was right before football season in um 2020 Casey and I went and grabbed a glass of wine and we were like we should really be doing something yeah like, like why aren't we working why together? aren't we doing some kind of football oriented show it doesn't exist here um you know the we were told all summer like there's a big demand for female content right now like what what do you guys want to do and we we're like this is this is it. This is what we want to do. Um, so we put together the podcast. We've been doing it all football season. Uh, we still do it once a week now in the off season, and then after the draft, we'll take a little bit of break and come back um, for next season. But it's just, it's so much fun. It's so mm-hmm. much fun because I have having a podcast. Number one is all just fantastic <laughs> because yeah. I there's all these thoughts. And feelings that I have about football and the games and the players and whatnot that I have not have kept suppressed, but like yeah, yeah. where I'm, I don't have, you know, my girlfriends watch, they love it, we're great, but like this is a perfect spot for me um, and Casey to just like let it fly and say how we're feeling and talk about, yeah. and not only talk about, you know, what's going on on the field, but like the fun off the field stuff, who players are dating and yeah. what's going on, the drama, the tweets, the like things like that. That is another element to football. That's, that's really fun. So that's so cool. Yeah. So do, is it mainly women or men that listen or both? That's a great question. I don't really know. I'm so fascinated <laughs> by like women that seek out yeah, that type yeah. of content because that's something that you as a consumer yeah. would probably be looking for. Definitely. I think, you know, if I had to guess, I would think it's more like split than it would be female dominated yeah. just because I, from who I interact with that, through yeah. the show and on Twitter and who I can see is like listening or tweeting questions and things like that, I've always felt like it's a good mix. That's really cool. Um, so, that, yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. That's it's amazing. Great. I think it's not easy being a female in sports. and. Yeah. Funny enough for me when, so I used to work in sports a little bit, just so when I first started um, working with like celebrity talent at my second job, my boss at the time was worked with tons of rappers and athletes. Athletes, So she like was really plugged into like the athletes and I kind of had to get up to speed and like learn what the hell was going on. And I was always like a, a sports fan in college but not like so much Mm -hmm. just enough to get by enough to know a little bit and then all of a sudden I was working with like Russell Westbrook and um he was someone that I really worked with but mostly because we helped him launch a collection with Barney's like fashion Mm -hmm. right because he's really into that stuff yeah so it was always just interesting because like I was kind of in that world and I actually really liked it and for a while there I started pursuing jobs that were in like athlete like athlete management right and talent because I loved working with athletes um I felt like it was just I don't know it's cool yeah. they're really structured people there's like a lot of opportunity and then it kind of just like fell by the wayside so it's like full circle now mm-hmm. that I'm like working at a sports company not talking about sports but still kind of like now have my finger on the pulse yeah. a little bit more right 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 you know yeah no definitely not that I know what's going involved. on yeah wait also you want a freaking bitcoin last night <laughs> part of one still <laughs> possibly yes possibly i we every march madness we always do some kind yeah. of in uh, in office competition like this it used to be um it used to be bone, bone light now it's not yeah and so but the prize the prize used to be going to vegas with dave like a Fun. big trip trip to yeah except every year everyone would be like god i really hope we don't win 
Like, yeah, you're like nervous. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, for so many of the guys, I'm sure like a yeah. weekend with Dave in Vegas is amazing. Yeah. For Rhea and I, we're like, yeah. you can have fun in Vegas. And Go get us. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, you know, that's kind of just like a trip you don't want to be on with your boss. So we, so true. it was just so funny that they obviously changed it this year. It's presented by Blockfolio. Uh, and the grand prize is one Bitcoin that's going to be split between any team that makes it to the Sweet 16. Rhea and I initially picked VCU, but they couldn't play their game because of um, COVID. They pulled that out of their sucks. game. And so Rhea, like, went on out on a limb and texted Dave and was like, hey, so VCU didn't play. Rhea, a uh, friend and I really wanted to be involved, and we never got a chance to, like, tweet about any game. Could we have another team? Because Tommy and Hubs had, whatever, acquired three other teams. Oh, yeah, because they had so many. Yeah. Because they did so well that Dave moved some of the other teams <laughs> yeah. to Tommy and Hubs. And so he was like, yeah, you can have Oral Roberts. We were like, okay, great. Dave, I don't think, realized that Tommy and Hubs actually picked Oral oh, Roberts. that was their pick. Yes. Like, they also acquired Wisconsin and Oregon State, but they didn't pick Wisconsin or Oregon State. Those were given to them. Oh. So, Dave, instead of moving the team, either of the teams that was given, yeah. um, they you. took the team that Tommy and Hubs picked. So, obviously, Tommy and Hubs were not that happy, but they also had Oregon State, and Oregon State won. So, they still so won everything. Everybody's happy. <laughs> Um, but yeah, as of right now, the Bitcoin is being split like a lot of ways, oh, okay. like eight or eight, right now. I think it could be end up being like eight to 10. Ways. Oh, okay. Okay. So my <laughs> yes. team lost and yeah. I was, just none of us are going home with like 60 K. Oh <laughs> man. I'm like, so my team, I was like tweeting, trying to keep up with it. And like, they were like kind of, I did had East Eastern Washington yep. Yep. and they were like kind of doing well. And then yeah. like, it was pretty even the whole time. Yeah. And then yeah. I was like, oh damn. Yep. Yep. No, I, I know. We, Rhea and I were shocked last night uh, watching the. Watching the game together, we were like, Damn, watching it transpire. Like, I was yes, like, wow. Like, oh my God, I can't believe Dave gave us this team. Tommy and Hubs are going to kill us. Like, <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. All right. I want to get into the Ask Alyssa segment. People write in and ask me for advice. I only have two questions today, but I thought that we could awesome. Let's do give it. some advice. So this person said, my fiance is leaving on deployment to Kuwait. Mm. Seeing him over FaceTime is wonderful, but gets monotonous and we feel like we have the same conversation after a few months do you have any good ideas for zoom date nights to keep the spark in our relationship outside of facetime sex because we're already doing that yeah. <laughs> oh man you know it, that's that's very hard because it's one just a level of relationship that i have never had like you're engaged congratulations yeah, but, yeah. um <laughs> seriously yes i have I you? had one lo- that mm-hmm. relationship that I did long distance. Well, you know, it was, I was home from college. <laughs> yeah. was my college boyfriend, um, and he was still at co- like he was still at Georgetown. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and it wasn't that far, like New Jersey to DC yeah. to hop on the train. But no, it's it's it does get tedious. Yeah, because I had want me to when I yeah. was in college. Yeah. I was still with my high school boyfriend yep, yep. and he was in college and we yep. were about five and a half hours apart drive wise. Yeah. And I get this yeah. because I feel like that's kind of what ended our relationship yeah. ultimately. Um I felt like same thing, you become like pen pals and mm-hmm. friends. Totally. But the spark become best friends, but the sexual yeah. part of it is kinda lost. It's kinda lost. And I felt that way too because I felt like we were just like, Hey, how's your day? Good. How's you? Yep. And then like I I personally felt like on my end, I tried to keep it alive by like writing him notes or being doing this or doing that. But I yeah. think the biggest breakdown as I've reflected on this as I was older is that we had different love languages. Yeah. So my love language is quality time yeah. and physical touch. Yeah. What are the two freaking things you don't have yeah, yeah. when you're in a long yep. distance relationship? Yep, for sure. So I feel like you have to, maybe you guys could take the love languages quiz and find out what each other's like love languages. And if his is like gifts or yeah. whatever it is, then you could try to do things for each other that make you feel fulfilled. Yeah. And I know this isn't like super sexy and obviously um, he's very far away. Yeah. So this could take a lot of time. But I love, love a good like handwritten Me love too. Letter. Mm-hmm. Like, and I know that's very old school and you guys are very far apart. Yeah. Like, you know, that's, it could take a while for the letters to get back and forth. But sometimes when you're just like constantly on your phone, you lose a lot of the, the connection yes. and you're just like sending these quick text messages are quick like it just loses a lot of meaning yeah when you like sit down and open a letter and it's multiple pages and mm-hmm. you're like really expressing yourself and 
talking about your relationship and the love you have and how there's the qualities that you like in each other. It is is always a good reminder that you're like, wow, I really, really love this person. You know, I 100 percent agree. Yeah. 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 And I feel like anything like that, that you could do that makes someone feel special or that isn't like Fran said, like you're not like. Hey, did you have lunch yeah. today? Yeah. Did, what did yes. you eat? It's like, yeah. oh, it's so boring. Totally. And sometimes putting pen to paper, like writing down how you're feeling to this person will also make you kind of think like, am I getting everything mm. out of this relationship that I want? Ooh, or maybe you could play like 21 questions or like a game. Like, I know yeah. there's like card games for dating where you could do like a Zoom date and then ask each other like, what's the craziest right, dream right. you have right what's... there's like date night yeah. games like that that i'm sure are fun yeah like yeah. things to spark new conversation that's not just like the everyday same shit yeah okay next question um after finding out my job was permanently work from home i decided to take a leap of faith and move to a city where i genuinely know no one i'm so excited for my move but i'm nervous about meeting new people what advice do you have mm. for me Oh man! It, first of all, congratulations because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people wanted to do this and then got scared and didn't do it. Yeah, they don't so, have the balls. Yeah, exactly. So first of all, great balls. Congrats! <laughs> like good job. Congrats on the balls. Um, yes, and it right. It's so hard because it's a like you can't give the normal answers. It's not like you can't be going to a lot of events and things like that because they're just not mm. happening as much, but. If you sometimes I feel like there has to be someone that you are that you know somehow what maybe not a direct friend friend, but like maybe your friend from growing up in high school happens to have a cousin that lives in this city Mm -hmm. that you could maybe connect with and see if you yeah um, have like a any kind of friendship things like that because you know you don't really want it to just go off like dating you know you don't really want to go and be like well I'm on the dating app so I'm meeting people that way but yeah because then it's just like guys and not girlfriends I think or you go on a date and he brings you out and you're like can I meet all of your female friends (laughs) (laughs) can it be a group date yeah yeah Um, yeah I also think another good suggestion is the there's um, Facebook groups for podcasts right so like I'm sure chicks in the office has one my podcast has a Facebook group if you could write in those groups maybe right right and find like-minded people yeah. because you probably have similar interests if you're consuming the same type of like media. So I think that Facebook groups and I also just think don't underestimate social media. Mm-hmm. Like people meet online all the time. Half of my TikTok friends are we haven't met in real life, yeah. but we text and we talk yeah, yeah. because we've met through TikTok. You know yeah. what I mean? Like Yeah. I, Look, I'm a I'm like a Jonas Brothers stan. Yeah. And like I have met all these girls now, but like I have my like Jonas friends. Exactly. That we met, like, but we all met solely because we love the Jonas Brothers. <laughs> that wait, have you ever connected with Ashley I over this? I I have. She's been on our show before, and we have talked about it. And she was like just as nuts as oh yeah, because she was, was hard. And but she was like because she was older, mm. she like could get away with a lot more shit than I could when the Jones Brothers were like at the peak early on. Yeah. Because it, it was like my, my my parents are picking me up and taking me to concerts. Like Ashley's like sneaking in. She's yeah, got like her hotels, friends. She's got yeah. yeah yeah yeah. She's like making. I was not old enough to be making those kinds of moves. I wish I was. <laughs> Wait, I'm dying at that. So yeah, exactly though. Like you yeah. just don't know. There's like a niche for everything. Definitely. So connect with people on social media. It's a pandemic. We're meeting men on social media and dating them that way. You yeah. can meet a friend. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, okay. So you only have a few more minutes, but I do is spill the tea segment okay. and I just want to get your thoughts on a few things. Um, did you watch last week's summer house? Yes. Um, okay. So there's just so many thoughts that I have and I want to preface it by saying that Hannah's my friend and I yep. love her. Also love Hannah. Love. Yeah. But the whole dad thing, Han. Yeah. It's been tough because um, all season I think she's been getting a lot of shit, right? Yeah. And so like I have my group chat of all my girlfriends. We all love, we all watch yeah. the house. Everyone loves it. And the last few weeks my friends have been like, I'm sorry, I can't with Hannah anymore. Like they were, and like, I defend really her to the I, end. Yeah. I'm like, guys, we've all been there when we've liked someone that hasn't liked us back and let us on. Like trying to, like, me trying too. To be like, look, sometimes you act erratic when the boy you like, like doesn't like you back, and you're in this house and you're stuck and whatever. And and they were like, we don't care, Fran. She's annoying us. And I'm like, I get so I defensive of people so, I know. So so true. And so Rhea and I were having the same conversation too because after last week we were like. She's making it tough for us. <laughs> I think, um, I think it, I think people need to not underestimate the 
pressure of being in a house for six weeks with people and you can't yeah. leave. Yeah. Like, I think they're under stress, and I loved that she owned Especially up to a, it. a man like Luke who has had some of the craziest emotional manipulation I have seen. Right? And like, that's the other thing. I feel like I know some of the behind the scenes of, like, in terms of, and she says this publicly, yeah. about how much they were talking and how much yeah. they were dating. And I'm like... The, the show wasn't doing a good job at like showing just no. how serious what their situation no, the was. show really makes it seem like she is pining over a guy that has no interest in her at all. And he that is and not the case. That's not how it went down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, he was obsessed with her. Yeah. And so whatever. So I'm watching Summer House. I think it's like so good this season. I've been loving it, too. Yeah, absolutely it really loving good. it. Um, I love Sierra. Love. Like Sierra. there's been some iffy characters who have come in and yeah. out of different seasons where it's like that didn't mesh well love Sierra you know what it is she's just like cool yep and she also is confident yeah because like the whole thing with Luke a guy that looks like that many girls would fold at the for chance sure. for him to give them attention just because he's hot and you yeah. get like a little like digmatized yeah. no and I think you really have to be confident to step into a reality show like that also where you're not just like clearly sucking up to everyone to try and get in their good graces and and make friends and stay in the show like she's very much like no like let's chill like we'll be friends if we will and i'm gonna do my own thing and so cool yeah it works she's calm cool collected mature and she's not she's like 24 yeah and I just think she, it's, yeah. it was actually crazy when Lindsay had mentioned their age difference. Yeah. I was like, whoa, they're 10 years apart. Like, yeah, yeah. That's a big difference to it be, is. like, living together. Definitely. Um, And you don't even realize the age difference right. because they seem. It does seem like maybe Sierra makes some more mature decisions than Lindsay That's does what I'm sometimes. Like, you don't even notice the difference. Yeah, no, not at all. You would never know that if you didn't know. Like, if you were just watching, you would never guess it's that and much of a Luke's difference. And I think Luke's, like, 33, 36. Yeah. Like, I think yeah. Luke is, is the oldest. Think. Yeah. Um, well, Kyle. Yeah, <laughs> true. Kyle. Kyle's pushing 40. Wow, that's crazy because he looks young, Kyle. Oh, Ky- <laughs> that's how Kyle gets away with it because he does look like he's still 28 years old. I he's love not, it. It's but so he does. He looks like it. <laughs> it's so apeshit and it's yeah. so good. Um, okay, I wish I had more time with you, but I don't. I'll, I'll finish spilling the tea on my own. But I just wanted to get your opinion on that Thank because you. this episode was so good that I was like, I need to talk about Summer House. Where could everyone follow you, listen to your podcasts, all the stuff that you do? Okay. On Instagram, I'm at Francesca Mariano. Um, Chicks in the Office is at Chicks in the Office. Um, Dime Package as well, same on Instagram. And on Twitter, Barstool Fran. Chicks in the office, except it's chicks in the off. Twitter has a li- tw- Twitter has a limit. I know. I had to do that too. It was so annoying. I tried. Well, when I really like went into like I changed my Instagram to my full name and yeah. made it Francesca Mariano, and I was like, oh, maybe I'll do that on Twitter too. That's nice. I went to try and change it, Francesca Marianne. The O. I can't. The one letter off. The O. That's my, all I needed on Twitter. My podcast is T Publicity instead of With. Yeah, because I can't put the With. No, you oh. can't. So it's Chicks in the Off. <laughs> Dime package is the same as well. And then we're on all, podcasts are on all platforms where you consume your podcasts. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thanks, Alyssa. I appreciate it. Yeah. This was fun. I'm and I'm sorry I gotta go, but I if you ever want me back, I'm available. Oh, oh, you you'll be back. <laughs> Now that I'm alone again, I am going to continue to spill the tea because there are a few more things that I want to talk about. And I'm not completely done with Summer House. I just think that this season is super good. Um, I think I liked that Hannah wound up taking accountability at the end of the episode and just being like, I'm not proud of certain things that I've done. I think that's all you could ask for in someone. Like, I'm down for anyone making mistakes as long as you could just own it. So I really um, liked that she did that. I am interested to see more of, like, the Paige and Carl, like, situation play out because I feel like teasers, you know, show, like, her breaking up with Perry and them maybe getting together. So I'm interested for some more storylines to kind of develop right now beyond just the Kyle and Hannah drama. Um, Also, I watched the Keeping Up with the Kardashians premiere, and I love them so much and I was crying the first two minutes of the (laughs) premiere oh my god I haven't watched it yet literally crying like just like the opening of them being like this is our final season I'm like sobbing oh yeah I cried at like just the trailer oh the whole thing so dramatic and I was like oh my god it's really over it really 
made me emotional and I think it's so cute to see Kim like studying so hard for her test because I feel like she always gets such a bad rap but at the end of the day she's a really smart girl with really intelligent parents and like I just felt proud I'm Mm -hmm. like she's gonna be a lawyer yeah I know (laughs) I know that's the craziest thing um and then Chloe obviously going through all these fertility things it was so interesting to me because part of me was like I don't I don't want to like offend anyone so I'm trying to think how to say this because I don't mean it offensively at all but she like basically was like I don't I'm not sleeping with Tristan so I'm going to go through all of these intense treatments to get IVF Mm -hmm. and in my head I was kind of like just sleep with the guy yeah like yeah if if you're going to have to put your body through all of this but then it comes we come to find out that it's not just as easy as like getting IVF like she's having actual issues and then I'm like okay maybe that's why conceiving naturally isn't even an option yeah so at first I was like confused I'm like just have sex you've done it before like you're gonna have this kid right but now Mm -hmm. I'm like okay maybe even with trying it the natural way it wouldn't be successful yeah um so now she's exploring other options and I think it's so cool that she's like talking about that on tv and being open about it because I think it's something that is taboo and like a lot of women don't always talk about the struggles that they go through yeah for sure and then just to wrap up the spill the tea segment kylie jenner is under fire because she asked people to um what's it called to donate yeah yeah donate to a gofundme for like a friend of hers or something it was like a i don't know like someone who worked for her yeah Yeah. i I forget what the title was but yeah um the person needed like sixty thousand dollars for treatment and kylie donated 5k and then asked her followers to donate the rest and then everyone is bashing her being like you're a billionaire and you're trying to get us to donate yeah and like it just wasn't a good look. No. Yeah. Like, I think it was so generous that she donated 5K. Like, yes. Great. Amazing. Right. But you don't, then don't publicize it. That's, yeah. Because yeah. it's, um, yeah, it, it was a really bad look that she was asking other people to when she has so much money. Right. I know. It's hard, too, because I feel like it's like a double-edged sword. Like, if she didn't do that and then people found out that she wasn't publicly asking people to donate then people might get mad it's like there was really no win in the situation unless she just fully donated all i the agree money. Uh, but obviously that's her decision and her choice so i understand what people are saying but it's like either way she's gonna like be under fire i know i do agree i think i think um it was one of those things where she was probably just trying to show support yeah. by sharing it yeah i don't think she meant any yeah. ill will like no. to do it like she was just trying to help and the message was just completely like people just couldn't see past the fact that she was telling people to donate when we'll never have as much money as she right has. yeah exactly which I feel like at this point she'll just do it because she's getting so much hate and it'll come out that she just ended up donating but also it's like if you do have a billion dollars like I feel like 5k is nothing to donate and I don't yeah. know her relationship with this person like it literally might have been someone she met once true yeah and she went out of her way to do this and like she, that was such a big favor on her end right yeah so, like, that's true I don't know the situation yeah which no one does so nobody yeah. should really like have a say in it but it just all I'm gonna say was and I don't think it was ill-intended I just think it was a bad look yes yeah you know yeah it definitely should have been gone about a different way yeah um okay so that is the tea for this week thank you guys for tuning in if you are new here make sure to subscribe rate and review I love reading your written reviews they put a smile on my face sometimes tears in my eyes don't forget to shop my merch um everything is linked in my bio so if you go to my instagram bio my tiktok bio i have like um every links for my podcast for my youtube definitely subscribe to my youtube too because i am dropping a vlog this week and i'm trying to think if there's anything else i need to tell you guys no just keep following me keep staying updated um keep dming me keep writing in for ask Alyssa. i love when you guys write in questions 